see the valets over there. They're vampires. So's the doorman. And the whore in the corner. How can you tell? By the way they move. The way they smell. It's like a bad dream. There are worse things out tonight than vampires. Like what? Like me. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up to their best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Fan favourite week of Bloodsuckers. Yeah. The final week of Bloodsuckers, sort of. Well, bonus next week, perhaps. Bonus next week, perhaps, yes. Uh, play the, play, I'll play the jingle now. I know where the bastard sleeps. What language are you speaking? Yeah, final week. The fans voted and they voted for Blade. Some fans are upset that they didn't get near dark. Democracy is a bitch. Oh, look, the, you had your chance, near darkers. Yeah. Um, I would say, and I think we've said this a few times, we will cover near dark because I think we're both interested to cover. Man, uh, basically everything in that ballot I want to do. I want to do Fright Night. I want to do yes. near dark. I want to do Vampire in Brooklyn, just out of curiosity. I haven't yes. seen it. It's a great haircut. It's a great haircut. If, if you were, if the question was which had the best haircut, it it'd be in the mix. Maybe it will be in our mini series about haircuts, good haircuts. Mm, that'll be a good one. What else would be in there? Ace Ventura, um, Joe, falling Joe down, perhaps. Joe Dirt. Oh yeah. <laughs> Blade's got quite a do. <laughs> Man, he he sure would does. spend a lot of time. It, <clears throat> I wonder if Chris Christopherson did his hair. <laughs> and his ink. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Likely. I think that's canon. I'm going to assume. Wait, that's what we do here. We make yeah, assumptions. we make assumptions and we back nothing up. Pass it off as fact. Yeah. Independent thought even. Exactly. Keep going. Hey, we're in 1998 this, this week. We though. are. We've moved, we've moved ahead in our timeline somewhat. We've bounced We spent a lot of time in the 80s. Well, I guess... Early 90s as well. Early 90s. Early 92, as it turned out. Yeah, but this is pretty, this is, uh, we haven't been here in a while. It's a different era. Think. Yeah, it really is. It's distinct. It is. Um, and I thought what might be appropriate to just give us a little bit more of a feel of the era oh, is yes. um, a bit of, a, yeah, one of our classic top 10 visits. So we'll just look yeah. at the top 10, top 10 songs, I guess, um, yeah. in now, we tend to look at US, UK and, of course, here home in Oz. Yeah. Um, now, listen, I'll be full transparency at the outset. There seem to be some data integrity issues here. Oh, no. I think because they seem to represent them a little differently in different ways, um, number of uh, weeks at <clears throat> number one versus, you know, which song went double uranium. Etc. <laughs> yeah. And I was just reading this, and I'm like, I just don't feel that some of it's right. So I'll just go through the number ones first. Uh, okay. From UK, US, and Australia. Something about the way you look tonight. Candle in the wind, 1997, is what it's called. But this is 98, so maybe it, maybe it crossed over. Uh, when right. did Diana die? That would be about the time I assume that came out. Yeah. Too close by Next. Right. In the US. Yeah, you make it hard. Oh, is that what that song is? Yeah, that was a big song. Baby, just dancing so close. Ain't a good idea. Cause I'm watching now and here. The way that you shake it on me makes me want you so bad sexually. Yeah, yeah, huge. And Ricky Martin took out the number one spot here with, uh, La Copa de la Vida, the cup of life. Oh. oh yeah, oh yeah, oh Because it was France 98, the World Cup. That wow. was the World Cup song, which was a banger. Yeah, that was a banger. 
which was a banger. I have quite a frog in my throat all of a sudden. <laughs> we'll just have to work through it together. Yeah, we got we got this. So they're the number ones, Tristan. Um, now, typically what we get a sense of when we do these is that the US skews R&B. Yeah. Um, the UK skews a little... Shit. Shit. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, let me let me back that up with some facts. The number two song in the UK that year was Barbie Girl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, they make great music. And Telly They also have bad taste in music as a population. <laughs> there is some, yeah, yeah. There's a, it's, yeah. But look, every top ten has its own mix. I mean, Australia, we we don't, we can't. Our run sucks too. Yeah. Yeah, but look, but look. Number three, Goo Goo Dolls, Iris in Australia. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, one of the greatest blouse rock songs that was of all time. One. Yeah. So uh, that doesn't pop up in the number 10, top 10 rather, for either of the other two countries, which surprises me. That is interesting. How, what, do they not have two ears and a soul? What the fuck is wrong with these people? How can you not get around Goo Goo Dolls, Iris? And give up forever to something. I don't know the words as it turns out. Now that you feel me somehow, you're the closest to heaven that I'll ever be. And I don't want to go home right now. With the weird film clip. Yeah. And he's got all the remark. He's got all the... He kind of had a vampire fringe. Yeah. Mm. He sure did. We've got a yeah. bit of Green Day. Shania Twain uh, brought up the rear. Of um, Australia's top ten, with you're still the one, and from this moment on, she had so many hits from that one album. Yeah, I remember a- even as a child thinking, "Isn't that a bit weird to have so many hits yeah. of one album? Where did this woman come from?" <laughs> She's like Moby. Um, yeah, <laughs> a, a way hotter Moby. <laughs> She's still hot, man. She's still She's got it. She's still- been doing the rounds lately for something. Yeah, I remember seeing. I was like, "Wow, she's like super hot." It's kind of the thought process I had. Yeah, it's a good thought process. I mirrored it very closely. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said, I think I sent you something on TikTok or something, and and you were like, "Yeah, man, that's not like a <laughs> that's not a revelation." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> well, there you go." Um, Janet Jackson's in there for everyone together again. Ah, man, Leanne, she had a great album. Leanne that Leanne album Holmes. was sick. Yeah, that Janet album was fire. Is that Velvet Rope or the one after? The Velvet Rope. The Velvet Rope, that was a big one. Casey and Jojo's in there in the US, of course. They've got some um, nice and slow Usher. So there's a few there's a few things drifting across each, but um, they're, they're quite different, Tristan. Mm, yeah, so true. Whereas the films may be a little bit more uh, simpatico. Is that the right use of that word? There's a chance. In simpatico, the, the dog medicine, I get, I get my words confused. That's brevecto. Uh, I don't know. Simpatico. Likeable and easy to get along with. Having co- shared attributes or interests. Yeah, there you go. I used the right word. Look at me. Yeah, good on you, man. Thanks, man. You should do a podcast. Yeah. Hey, so what? Out of out of all of the aforementioned uh, tracks, what's what was on Greg's oh. Walkman? Damn, that is a good question. Discman. Uh, late nineties. I was in my house phase, so I was listening to Ministry of Sound and um, Northern Exposure, Sasha and Digweed, and and those guys. Interesting. We can circle back to that later. Yeah, I was, I was to this big film. into trance. <laughs> I was deep in my West Coast hip hop era. Oh uh, yeah. See, this is I didn't have that era. Yeah, I, and I didn't have the house era. Yeah. I'm yet to have it, <laughs> and apparently it's coming back. Is it? So maybe, yeah, maybe I'll have it soon. There you go. Have a go. It's pretty. Good. I used to like studying to it. Um, Interesting. Trance because it's just no words and it just went on and. I, my mind probably wandered and I probably didn't get much actual study done, but I was having a good time. I just think of Sash. Remember Sash at work? You listen to some <laughs> loud trance. Tra- <laughs> trance Fridays with Sash. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Greg and I used to work with a guy and he, would, he was a lovely bloke, kind of quiet, but loud trance on his headphones. Yeah, especially on the, but it was only Fridays, wasn't it? Oh, was it? I think that was his playtime. Um, yeah, he was quite a quiet guy and then launched into his trance. <laughs> it was great. Keep going. Big year for music, 98, uh, I think it's fair to say. Well, every what year isn't? It's true. It's very astute on your part. Thanks, Frank. And it was a big year for movies too, Greg. Um, where do I even begin? Maybe at the top of the I list? I think so. Let's go through the top ten. 
Top 10, the number one film of 1998 was Armageddon. Uh, yep. Number two film, Saving Private Ryan. Number three, Godzilla. Number four, Something About Mary, mm-hmm. which we've covered. Number five, A Bug's Life, Deep Impact, Mulan, Dr. Mm. Doolittle, Lethal Weapon 4, mm. Shakespeare in Love. These are not that great. It's a weird year, isn't it? I feel like we haven't done this year much, I don't think. We've done um, Something About Mary and that's it. Deep Impact's in the Lost Tapes somewhere that will break out of the archives at some point. But, yeah, like it's a, it's a weird year. I mean, 99 was the year for movies, so I guess this was just the other stuff while the good stuff was getting made. I think so. <laughs> it's much like the, the Expo 88 phenomena. I, I think, um, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty average list, man. I'm, I'm, I do want to do Deep Impact because we did that our first. Was that our first or Matrix? I think it was our first. That uh, same did we day, do two? I think. I think we recorded both, and we were pretty hammered because yeah. we were nervous to not. Yeah, even we, though no one was like, let's hear do it. a podcast, but let's just drink ten beers first. Yeah, <laughs> we um, we warmed up with about ten drinks. Yeah, yeah, but Deep Impact's a funny movie. Like it's a funny one to unpack. It's trope. It's troping its face off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I think Godzilla will be fun for the same reasons. It is very much it's hits all the tropes of that kind of <clears throat> disaster movie type yeah. of type of deal. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't all doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. There was another film that came out in 1998. Came in at number 28 that year. Little film called Blade. <laughs> Blade came out in August of 1998. I think it's pronounced Blade. Yeah, it is a bloody, it's very bloody. Oh, so bloody. (laughs) So much blood. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That works. Now I get it. It all makes sense. Yeah, that's Uh, (laughs) right. The second Marvel property to get a wide theatrical release. What, after Spidey? After Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. What about Spidey? That Spidey's after this. Oh, I think wow. 2001 or something. Yeah, I guess. But was there wow. not like some other Spidey? This that's crazy, really. Howard the Duck was the first. Yeah. Movie verse is like going. Um, yes. Yeah, it's wild, right? I got a little bit on that later because there was a lot of nearly but didn't happen Marvel movies of the 90s, and, and this was the, this is the one that opened the door for everything that followed. So yeah, more on that uh, momentarily. But mm, thanks, guys. Budget of 45 million dollars. <laughs> Gross box office of 131.2 million dollars. Whoa! Yeah, big. That's some rummy. Oh, that's some rummy right there. Hey, Snipesy gets your bank. Rotten Tomatoes critic score 57 percent, audience score 78 uh, percent. Critic consensus as follows: Though some may find the plot a bit lacking, Blade's action is fierce, plentiful, and appropriately stylish for a comic book adaptation. Oh, there you go. I'll back that up for a comic book adaptation. For a comic book adaptation. So condescending. <laughs> I thought it was saying, you know, you've got to be stylish. Yeah. I read that yeah, the well, other way. I mean, comic books are basically storyboards for film films mm. in many ways. That's very stupid. So you gotta, it's got to be stylish. It's got to be. you got to. you just got to. you just got to. Was this a big movie for you, Greg? Um, it was like pretty big, yeah. <laughs> I don't really have too much context. I, Same. Yeah, like it was a pretty cool movie. It had Wesley Snipes in it chopping people with a – Sword. So. Yeah. Yes. Same. So I'd seen it maybe once. Mm. Like I couldn't really remember it and I don't remember the occasion of seeing it. Um, but it is Wesley Snipes with a sword, as you mentioned, which all sounds pretty good to me. But i, I got to tell you, I was a little surprised that this really just swept the whole fan's choice bracket. I was really surprised. Really? Yeah. There were signs. Yeah, I, mean, I guess before we did it though. Like I didn't think mm. I didn't think this would be the one. I was quite shocked. Uh, I was less shocked. It's pretty oh. pretty iconic because I'd suggested we do it, and then you went, "No, no, we'll do that in like a Marvel deep dive." Yeah, so, I oh. thought, "Oh, we'll do we'll do a Marvel mini, like a '90s Marvel before pre MCU. We'll do it someday." But um, I know what the people want. You see, you're very you're on the zeitgeist, mm. the 1998 mm. zeitgeist. Mm. <laughs> that's that's where we stopped. <laughs> With Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't want the world to see me. 
but yeah, this wasn't really huge for me. Um, but it is definitely one of those ones where I, I've always been fond of it as a thing that exists. <laughs> as much as that sounds like a fucking uh, Zoolander thing to say, it's but very, genuinely, it's like very Zoolander. <laughs> yeah, Hansel. but but to your point, you know, well, Hansel, yeah. To your point, though, it is it's 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 Wesley with with a sword killing vampires. Like it's fucking sweet. Um, but I guess I just never it just didn't occupy much of my life until this week. And if you were wondering, no, that techno song in the club at the beginning wasn't quite my pace. But I do remember okay. that. That wasn't quite the techno I was listening to. You're listening to Tokyo Ghetto Pussy? I wasn't. I remember <laughs> them, though. I keep so um, yeah, that was that's one. I think I had that CD single. I think I was trying to get into it. Tokyo yeah, Ghetto Pussy. Interesting name. Yeah. Um, hey, should I get into the origin story? Please. Please. Origin story. So this is based on a comic book. And while we have done Hour of the Duck and technically Men in Black is technically based on a comic book, I think this is our first kind of non-extremely niche comic book movie, comic book that became a movie, which is interesting. We're nearly 200 episodes in and we haven't done any comic book movies. I mean there weren't a ton in the 90s. It is interesting. Yeah, I was just racing through my head to try and prove you wrong. I'm sure someone will because I, I bet there's others that were technically based on comics. But, you know, in terms of relatively mainline comic book going, this this is the first. Yeah, or second. Also, maybe fourth or fifth. <laughs> I'll never know. It's certainly not the 200. That's <laughs> tell you it. That much. That's it. Because <laughs> this is episode 198. Wow. 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 Um, so Blade, a.k.a. Eric Cross Brooks, first appeared in a comic book titled The Tomb of Dracula, issue 10, in July of 1973 as a supporting character. Now, what was very interesting that I stumbled upon, do you remember, uh, I can't remember what movie it was, maybe it was, it may have been The Birdcage or something and there was the the Hayes Code or something about representation of things in movies there were these strict rules about what you can put in a movie and what you can't. Okay. And comic books had something similar. They had the Comics Code Authority oh. from like 1951. The CCA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got a logo I'll send you. It's, <laughs> yes. Actually, the logo looks really familiar. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it, they put that in place in 1954 and it had, you know, all kinds of things in there like crimes shall never be presented in such a way as to create sympathy for the criminal um, if a crime is depicted, it shall be a sordid and unpleasant activity. Policemen, judges, government officials must uh, shall never be presented in such a way to create disrespect for the established authority. Ooh. All scenes of horror, extensive bloodshed, gory, gruesome crimes, depravity, lust, sadism, masochism shall not be permitted. Ooh. Needless to say, no one was reading comic books in the 50s. Uh, nudity in any form is uh, prohibited. Females shall be drawn realistically without exaggeration. Exaggeration. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. The list goes on. But in 1971, the code was updated and removed a lot of that sympathetic criminal behavior, horror, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And a new wave of comics emerged. Naughty comics. Naughty comics, including the Draculas of the world, the Take Tomb of that, the Dracula. CCA. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, CCA. Uh, stick, go sit on it. E. And so that's how we get comics like The Tomb of Dracula. I think there was a bit of an explosion at the time of all of these naughty, gory, big boobs, I assume, comics. Anyway, so we get these comics and Blade shows up in one of them. And what's really interesting about, uh, I guess, the fact that he showed up in a Tomb of Dracula comic originally is that in the comic books at least, he is tied to the lore of Dracula. 
there are characters in the Blade comics mm. that are descendants of the characters we saw in Bram Stoker's Dracula. So there's one called Quincy Harker, who is the son uh, of... Quince. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is a Quince? <laughs> this 17th century Dracula descendant... What is a Quince? <laughs> what is a Quince? <laughs> what is a Quince? Ding. Yeah, he's the, he's the he's not a Dracula descendant. He's a descendant of Jonathan and Mina, a.k.a. Keanu and Winona. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it's all tied up in the lore of the old Bram Stoker, which is pretty cool. Anyway, he eventually gets his own comic, or he, he gets his own story in 1974 in Vampire Tales issue 8 and then gets his own comic in 1994, Blade the Vampire Hunter. I guess he became somewhat of a, of a cult hero and, you know, he was getting some attention. Very marketable. Very marketable, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know who else was marketable around 1992? LL Cool J. Oh, yeah? And he was going to play Blade, apparently, at that point. <sighs> and uh, somewhat ironically... Ladies love. Yeah, somewhat ironically, Wesley Snipes was bouncing around Hollywood trying to get a Black Panther movie made. Interesting. Yeah. Um, neither of those two things came to fruition, or at least not right away or with those actors. Mm-hmm. But eventually Blade did land at New Line... And they got a writer, David S. Goya, on board to write the script. You may recall someone, I wouldn't call him a friend of the show because he was said some mean things about Jean-Claude Van Damme once, if you recall our Death Warrant episode. Uh, yeah. So my agent called me in the middle of a bagel run, literally, and he said, there's this guy named Jean-Claude Van Damme. Do you know who he is? I didn't. Uh, he calls himself J.C., Anyway, he'd made a moderate splash with a couple of B-movies called Bloodsport and Kickboxer, and he'd read my script, and he wanted to meet. A few years later, a few hours later, I was sitting down with him. JC was this sort of Belgian pretty boy model who'd learned how to do the splits and the spinning wheel kick and somehow got himself, like, a film deal. And JC said, and I'll always remember this, he said, I think you're a great writer. He said, Hollywood will try to destroy you. This is verbatim. But I will protect you like an eagle. And he made that motion. (laughs) Uh, and then he gave me a big hug, and this is true, and he kind of, you know, rubbed his knuckles on top of my head like you would with your little brother. And then completely randomly he said, the homosexuals love me. Uh, <laughs> all true. But, you know, I've got to respect the hustle here because he actually heard that they had the rights and then he pitched his way in to become the writer because they were going to make it like a, a comedy or something, and he's like, no, 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 don't do that. And actually, I can't remember if we talked about this last time, but David S. Goya re- went on to write like half of the comic book movies that exist. <laughs> yeah, he's had a good run. Yeah, it's a mixed bag though. There's all the Blade sequels. He's, a, he's the Dark Knight guys, right? Yeah, he, well, he did Batman Begins and then he gets a story by on Dark Knight. Then he also did Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, which is actually fucking sick, man. Is <laughs> it? Yeah, well, it's dumb, but it's mad. <laughs> That'll do it's Nick Cage and he's got a flaming skull. What what else do you need? And I think that's the one with what's his name too, you know, Moustache Man. Danny Trejo? No, um, Sam Elliott. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and <there's, laughs> he plays like an old school Like a Chris um, Christopherson version. type? <laughs> Basically. Well, I, he was my recasting for Chris Christopherson in this. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Keep going. So he's writing it. He's, he's steered them away from some stupid comedy thing and, and sticking closer to the tone of the comics, I think. I've never read the comics. And he's thinking, okay, his suggestions were you got Denzel Washington, you got Lawrence Fishburne, or you got Wesley Snipes. These are, these are your options here as far as a, the ideal blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John Voight was considered for Chris Christopherson's uh, role. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which kind of works. A vampire can kill you a thousand ways. Yeah, exactly. It would have been nice. It would have been good. But obviously it ended up in the safe hands of Wesley Snipes and Chris Christopherson. Baby blood. Um, Wesley Snipes was available because no one wanted to make Black Panther at the time. Was that Black and Panther funnily enough, comic or Black Panther like the activist group? Well, this is I th- I've heard this is part of the issue. So A... No one wanted to make comic book movies after How the Duck. B, Wesley Snipes had done a lot of um, uh, Spike Lee films and, you know, serious stuff. Mm. And I think there were perhaps John Singleton was going to direct at one point. And I think the studios were scared that it was some political yeah. Black Panther thing. They, they just didn't understand what it was. So I do think that was a factor. 
potentially. But it, but it was the comic book to answer your question. Yes. That was what you asked. Good context though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and funnily enough, not a precasty, but a pre-soundtracky. Mm-hmm. Prodigy was approached to do the soundtrack uh, and score. What a miss! Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. Ah oh, man, ah oh, Keith Keith Flint could have done a cameo. <laughs> yeah, at that club <laughs> at the beginning. Oh man, that is a huge miss. What happened? They had other commitments. That's all I could. Oh come see. on, that yeah, oh, that would have been ah. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, bish bash bosh, you, you get some, you get some bloody some blood. Stick it in your fire safety sprinkler system. Stick it in your computer. Stick it in your computer. You get yourself a film. Rap party at the Viper Room. Yeah, rap party rap at party the Blood one Club. Of these, yeah, the Blood Club. <laughs> blood Club would have been a good name for this mini series. Oh yeah, Blood Club's got a rhyme. Yeah. Oh, Blood Suckers doesn't rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. So Blood Club's good. <laughs> Let's start again. <laughs> Ten from the top. All right. Next week we are doing Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, can um, you imagine? That would be torturous <laughs> for all. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I'm so ready to move on. This is just the right right. Vampires is very specific. Yeah. I like some of our upcoming themes where they're more conceptual. They're not quite. It's very literal, like movies with vampires in them. Yeah. It's um yeah. It's not much variety. Well, there kind of is. More on that later. Let's play the trailer. You better wake up. The world you live in is just a sugar-coated toffee. Sugar-coated toffee? Beneath it. <laughs> the real world. Toffee is all sugar. Sugar-coated sugar stick. <laughs> For thousands of years, they have existed among us. You keep your eyes open. They're everywhere. Chances are you've seen them yourself and didn't know it. A secret nation. Our livelihood depends on our ability to blend in with a lust for power. And we should be ruling the humans. These people are our food. They've got their claws into everything. Politics, finance, <laughs> real estate. There's a war going on out there. He makes the weapons. I use them. I wish Chris Christopherson was more jacked. One will lead them to conquer mankind. Tonight, the age of man comes to an end. We're going to be gods. And one will try to stop him dead. There are worse things out tonight than vampires. Like what? Like me. Half human. Blade's mother was attacked by a vampire while she was pregnant. Half immortal. You got the best of both worlds. Half immortal. strengths. That's an oxymoron. None of our just. He is their greatest fear. And our only hope. It's open season on all vampires. Snipes, Stephen Dorff. You're one of them, aren't you? No, I'm something else. Blade. 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 Rage. <laughs> Did you know the lady that sings the Rage on Rage? Sorry for non-Australians listening. The woman that does that rage is the teacher from Heartbreak High. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Anyway. Keep going. Um, what happened in this movie, Greg? Um, okay. 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 So just to recap what happened in this movie. So there's a man mm. and he's having one of those awesome nights. Yeah. Too good to be true, you might yeah, say. Yeah, he's gone out for work drinks. I reckon it's probably like a Thursday. Could be a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. But it's one of those glorious impromptu nights where you go out. You, you, there's an energy about the office. A couple of you have had a pretty crunchy day. Before you can even agree to it, you're like six beers deep at the local boozer. Yeah. Somehow your night kind of escalates. You lose your friends. And he's ended up with this mysterious redhead babe. You've got the kavorka. Yeah. A woman is drawn to you. Yeah. The lure of the animal. That's right. Uh, That's Tracy Lord, by the way, side point. Um, Mm. And she's just leading you deep into uncharted territory. Uh, They end up at this, like, ultimate speakeasy. It's like a a rave (laughs) 
below like a meatpacking warehouse butcher type setup. Anyway, yeah. this club's going off. Wall to wall tens. This guy's hit the jackpot. He's having the time of his life with his little Kangol hat. Um, <laughs> but then things take a turn for the gross. And blood starts coming out of the, uh, the fire safety, you know, tsh, tsh. Mm. sprinklers. That's the word I was looking for, sprinklers. Um, and it turns out that uh, the hotties are all vampires dancing drenched in blood. So it's quite a predicament. Uh, they appear like they're going to eat him. Next thing, he's crawling along the floor, slipping, fighting for his life. And he runs into the daywalker, which is good timing for this guy because he was probably going to get eaten. And that <laughs> would have been a terrible end to what was a glorious night. Uh, so, as I say, good news for that bloke, but bad news for the vampires because it's Blade and he's there kill the vampires and he starts shooting them with shotguns and then he puts it down the shotgun gets out his katana <laughs> it's very cool uh, and then Blade slips off into the night as the cops get there leaving our um, work bender friend sitting there peacefully covered in blood quite the night he's had you might say yeah and he lives to tell Wait the tale I hear about this alright yeah. Right, where did you go last night? <laughs> wellity, wellity. <laughs> so, our man Blade, you know the deal here. We've talked about it in the setup. His mum died in childbirth while, uh, well, well, she'd been bitten by a vampire, hadn't she? And so, Blade was a crossbreed, a dumb fear, as the as the Balkan dialect uh, refers to them, which is the result of relations between a vampire and a non-vampire. So he gets the good bits, but not the bad bits, but he's got a bit of a thirst that he has to manage. Uh, but, you know, we can find a hematologist to plug into this plot, no worries. <laughs> can she be a babe, though? Yeah, a babe hematologist. Um, okay, cool. So we've got her, and then there's this other bad vampire, you know, because there's levels to vampires, Deacon yeah. Frost, and Tristan, he's trying to shake things up. In the new generation. Vampire boardroom. <laughs> Gen X. He's like, you guys are stuffy in your ways, man. Uh, he's not a pure blood though. They, and they're quite hoity-toity and elitist, the old vampires. So they don't really listen to you unless you're a pure blood, i.e. born a vampire. But hey, this is America. This is the land of opportunity, Tristan. And yeah. he's not going to let some stuffy Euro rules control him. No, sir. He's going to shake things up. Mm. So Deacon uh, goes about taking control of this boardroom board by any means necessary, killing a couple of vampires in the process. Yeah, as I said, there's a hematologist love interest in there, of course. Mm. Uh, you got Chris Christopherson, heaps of snipey goodness, some expiratory CGI blood. Uh, it's a good time. It's a great time. <laughs> yeah. It is a good time. Did you like this movie, Greg? Yeah, it's a good time. It's um, yeah. I haven't watched it for years. Um, Same. I think I liked it at the time. I was probably my my key takeaways were how great uh, Wesley Snipes' fighting sequences yeah. are. He's yeah. got he's just got a really fluid uh, style about him um, that's great on screen. So I really enjoyed the fight sequences. We haven't watched much. Fighting in movies lately, Tristan. It's a bit of a gap for given our, given our, uh, you know. Yeah, true. Our core. And the fight scenes were shot quite well. You know, a lot like, you know, Marvel movies these days where it's choppity, choppity, chop. Yeah. <laughs> Don't see stuff properly. Um, Correct. You know, it was nice. Lots of blood. Lots of blood. Yeah, lots of blood. The blood, I mean, the CGI I think is one of this film's more comedic legacies is the use of CGI blood. Yeah, it's up and down. Some parts look really yeah. good. Some parts look like, I don't know, like a PlayStation 1 game. Yeah, it's but I kind of dug it for some reason. It didn't yeah, deter me. Yeah, same. It was, I, uh, it was, the style it was all the very creative and when it looked a bit odd, it just made it a bit creepier. Like it was just kind of kind of weird. It didn't, yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a deal breaker for me that I thought it might have been. Yeah, 
Yeah, like, like especially <laughs> at the end when like he's a blob and stuff. Yeah. It was weird enough. Or when um when old mate Frenchie on the beach with the sunrise is all yeah. like, ah, I'm dying. It's, that was pretty cool. It yeah. looked fake, but it looked cool. It's maybe reminis- reminiscent of some Spawn, perhaps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very much so. Spawn vibe. What year well, did Spawn I, come I, out? Can you probably remember? 1998. Because <laughs> I was going to say, like, this movie, what Lost Boys is to 1987, this movie is to 1998. Yeah, yeah very good. Very astute on it, your part. It is just straight up. Very astute on your part. Like, tribal tattoos, the sunnies, and. Oh, and the, the soundtrack, so and like that, yeah. Um, and funny, I mean, I was I'm watching this thing not knowing the timeline exactly, and I'm like, oh, it's all very Matrix, isn't it? But this was before the Matrix. But a mm. lot of that aesthetic, both oh. audio and visual, is very Matrix. So very. you know, that gives it a few more points. And very. I do think there's something f- kind of fun about, uh, to your point, the add a Nokia phone, and you got yourself the Matrix. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I like this like new school vampire versus old school vampire. It's kind of like I got to imagine if we were Gen X, that would have been like a whole, you know, it's like Gen X versus boomers kind of thing. That was mm-hmm, kind of cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the music thing, ironically, we did Lost Boys last week, came out in 1987. I was three years old at that point when it first came out. But the music in that film hits me in all the right places. Mm. A lot of the music in this, not all of it, because there is like some hip hop and stuff in there that's pretty cool. But um, but like as far as that techno stuff, it's just not my jam. I had the same mm. same thing in in the Matrix. Not that it makes me not like the movies or anything, but it just misses one flavor for me to make this like a perfectly well rounded, you know, thing for me it, as far as personal taste. So yeah, I don't know if I can clarify my my house music love. It wasn't this sort of, but I did yeah. like the Prodigy, loved the Prodigy. So. I feel like that would have been way better. They would have given it a bit more personality, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I also really like that this is basically a vampire movie if it was a lap pack movie, you know? Like it's our kind of vampire movie in a lot of ways. Mm. It feels like a shinier version of a canon action movie from the 80s. Like It, it has, oh, yeah. it has it, some of the JCVD kind of tropes in there. It's got snipes here. He's a he's a lap packer. You'd have to exactly, say. exactly, and it it, it it follows the template more of an action movie that just happens to be about vampires versus mm. you know the other way around. But it also made me realize like we've done a lot of vampire movies, Greg. I don't know if you noticed in the last <laughs> few weeks. <laughs> oh, I've noticed. And, and and while you know, I don't know we we're just complaining. This was my doing as well, wasn't it? <laughs> the, well. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we've got to do it. We're at the end, so we're okay. <laughs> we've made it, we've made it together. <laughs> but at least I've got to say there was some variety in there because it's almost like each of these, while they all had vampires, they were kind of all different genres because we had this one that was kind of a lap pack movie. Mm-hmm. Bram Stoker almost, you know, Shakespearean. Buffy's a teen comedy. Interview of the Vampires probably similar to Bram Stoker, I guess. And Lost Boys, a little similar to Buffy but... Kind of its own vibe too. So there's been some variety in there. I like I so. looking at these vampires through these different lenses. It's mm. been interesting. They're quite versatile. Yeah. Versatile yeah. creatures. And then we've got a whole new wave of cast to talk he- through here. There's some interesting. Yeah. A lot of untouched, right? Yeah. Uh, like Dorf. Dorf is good in this. I don't know much about Dorf. I went down Are you a Dorfman? Dorf. Well, I thought I was. So I was like, what happened to the Dorfman? Yeah, and it's interesting. So I tried to do a bit of digging. Did did something happen? Because he obviously, it was it wasn't long after this film. It probably, I think there were some schools of thought that he might have gone a little bit to some of his choices weren't great, right? By Hollywood standards, so he sort of typecast himself a little bit, right? And putting himself in the villain as in this role seemed to exacerbate that. And he did a lot of sort of B films, yeah. For the next ten years or so. Well, I think it's similar to Wesley himself too. Like, people didn't want him to do it. This movie was a hit technically, but career-wise, I think this was seen as like a B movie. Mm. Like, I don't. No one left this movie more successful than they went in. I don't think. <laughs> Besides fans, like fans, they're into it. But yeah, it didn't seem to be a career supporter. Yeah, and Dorf was 
I was trying to look back early Dorf. So the earliest film I think I saw of him would probably have been Power of One. Do you remember Power of oh. um, The Bryce Courtney. Was that him? That was him. Is that Bryce Courtney? Well, the book, the book is, isn't it? Yeah, Bryce, yeah, it is. Bryce, yeah, Courtney. Bryce Courtney. Yeah. There you go. Australia's own. That movie's awesome. I uh, love that movie. I forgot about that. And he was the main guy in that. And then so he was pretty popular but he sort of went off the boil. But then I, then I remembered he was in the – remember he was in that last season of True Detective and he was amazing in it. Oh, I didn't wa- – I haven't watched any of the True Detectives. Really? Oh, bro, do yourself a favour. Yeah. It's the right second up my one alley, right? I've just never – Yeah, the first yeah, one – the second one was not so good I heard, yeah. I mean the first one's McConadoodle and, and Woody. It's epic. Is is Dorf in the same one as Mahershala? Yeah, that's funny. Well, because he's Blade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, they're, they're they're all around there. It's a perfect right? circle. Is it? Yeah, it is a perfect. Time is a flat circle, circle, as said in True Detective. And so Dorf seemed to think. I think he's the sort of roles he went for. There was a fairly there's a fairly deep deep well of options. Um, so he's losing roles to all sorts of people. And he said, then I started losing roles to like, because uh, he was quite youthful. So then I started losing roles to like people from reality TV shows and such. So, uh, Yeah, he does like kind of look, I don't mean this in a judgmental way, but, you know, it's acting. So you have a look and that's your look. He, he kind of does just kind of look, I don't know how to say it, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> you apparently know, like, for World Trade Center, the Oliver Stone thing, he wanted to be the one of the cops in it that found that finds um, Nick Cage or something, and he was like, "Yeah, can't you're not a cop? You don't look anything like a cop." And he's like, "Well, I'm not going to look like a cop now, but I'm an actor, and I'll have <laughs> I'll grow a moustache." He so he so he literally grew a moustache. Hey, <laughs> wait, actually? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. No way. Yeah, and he got the part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wow. picked that one. That's wow. amazing. It's very astute on your part. That's amazing. That yeah. is amazing. But he prides himself <laughs> on being an actor um, first and not <clears throat> anything else. He's not on social media. Um, he an, seems like an interesting guy. Well, I only remember him from that e-cigarette ad a while back. Yeah, I don't remember that one. I'm Stephen Dorff. I've been a smoker for 20 years and I just found the smarter alternative. Blue e-cigs. Blue lets me enjoy smoking without it affecting the people around me because it's vapor. Not tobacco smoke. I don't know where I saw that, but I just remember Stephen Dorff, who's that? Why is he promoting e-cigarettes? It was a weird thing, like a long time yeah, ago, too, like early e-cigarette days. Because he smokes days. regular cigarettes. Not anymore. Maybe he's gone back. I don't know. I think he does. Um, ah. I take, it's on cast. Can I – there's a – I think we've got a, um, a Fitchner type in the mix here. Oh, yes. Donald, Donald Logue? Yeah, I love him. He's great. He's awesome. He's, he's so good in this. If if not for well, I mean, if, the whole cast is really good in this. By the way, can yeah, I just say? Yeah, but yeah. in any other movie, he might have been my MVP because he's fucking delightful. And my recasting for him is Post Malone, of course. But oh, nice. he's great. He was it. There was some like mediocre sitcom that used to be on during the day when I used to work at night. I used to watch it all the time, and he was in that, and it was really good. But he's good in everything. That grounded for life. Yeah, grounded for life. He had a cameo in the last season of What We Do in the Shadows as himself. Oh, okay. But he's a vampire. This gentleman needs no introduction. He is very well known to me. This is Queen, the great vampire, right-hand man of Deacon Foster, the House of Eribos. Just a role I played, Donald Logue. Wait, so, so nice Donald Logue is on the Worldwide Vampiric Council? Yeah, I kind of got jumped in after Blade came out. But you are a vampire, yes? Yes. Kind of a funny story. I was not a vampire when I filmed Blade, but it was such a fun shoot and I sort of fell in love with the lifestyle, so I decided to jump in and go whole hog. Head upstairs, everyone, the blood banquet awaits. And it's my birthday. <laughs> yeah, wow. Man, he's super interesting. He's been he's he's been around a while. Like he was in Sneakers, which is a film that I'm hoping might get a fan favorite vote for our uh, next miniseries Ooh, uh, yeah, Spy yeah, Base. Yeah, yeah. but yeah he's um he's like a harvard graduate for one he's just got an interesting setup i think he spends half his time back in in ireland where his mum's from um ah interesting in Kerry, which is a good part of the world um he's pretty versatile too right like yeah he's been in sons of anarchy like he plays like a deadbeat kind of guy but then he also can play a funny guy 
Yeah. He Patriot. This. Oh, he's in Ghost Rider as well. Look at that. What else do you need? What What else do you need? Yeah, he's great. I love him. Yeah. He's yeah. It's a good point. It is. It is some thickness there in that. He is great in everything, and I didn't know his name until doing research on this film. Yeah, and he's had big, yeah. um, big sort of TV parts as well in in fairly huge shows like Vikings, Sons of Anarchy, I think. Even yeah. Gotham. ER and Gotham. Yeah. Um, he's got a pretty good resume, and he's a delight in this. I thought his arm gets keeps getting chopped off. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, like a running <laughs> joke. It's so good. And it's not just like dumb comic relief. He's just actually, he feels like a breath of fresh air every time he comes on. It's yeah. like great. He kind of steals the show a little bit. Yeah, and when he's there's the scene where he's um where he's been burnt. So at the beginning, Blade sets him on fire. So he goes to the morgue as like a crispy corpse. But yeah. then he gets up and, and escapes, like takes out two people, and then he's running down the corridor. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was great. He's great. Wesley was obviously great. Uh, you know what's interesting though? I was watching. So I bought this movie on iTunes uh, okay. for the extras. Yeah. Oh, what'd you get? I pull the trigger sometimes on that when it's like rent yeah. for five bucks or buy for twelve bucks. It's like okay, I'm probably gonna rent it twice anyway because I won't finish it or some shit. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. I had commentary, but the commentary would shift between Dorf Snipes. Oh, through the film. David S. Goya. And they, all three of them were talking about this movie so deadly serious. Uh, not, you know, not that they shouldn't, I guess, but it's just it's a fun movie. Mm. There wasn't like, oh, this scene was so much fun, like, oh, funny story. None of that. It was like, yeah, so. It's like it's Apocalypse <laughs> Now or something. <laughs> yeah, like really deadly serious. And um, it was actually, it was super, I mean, it was interesting to watch. It's not. Are you a better Pod, film Podman, having watched it, not really because I didn't I didn't get a chance to fully absorb it. I just kind of had it had mm. it on the background mm. as a commentary. But um, there are a couple of funny bits. Like I think there was some tension between Snipes and Dorf at certain points, oh, but yeah. then they both they both talked about it separately because I think that scene where Dorf is outside in the park and he's got that little Asian girl hostage, um, that was his first scene and. The way Snipes talked about it was like, you know, that was his first scene and he didn't really know the character yet. So it was a little uncomfortable because I felt like I had to kind of tell him how to act, which is always a very delicate thing because, you know, act, you don't want to be an actor. You didn't tell another actor how to act, yada, yada, yada. But it was a very important scene. Am I the and Snipes was a, Yeah, yeah, that kind of scenario. And then Dorf talked about it too. And they were both very cool about it, but they were basically both like, yeah, there was a lot of tension, but it kind of worked mm. for the scene in the end. Well, and the we kind of had to have that. We needed to have that for the rest of the movie to work or some bullshit. That's, you know, I don't have a problem with these actors not getting along when their characters aren't meant to get along. It right? Makes it sense. makes sense because the opposite happens. They end up getting married after having fake um, fun times. Get, what? <laughs> I, decided to be, I decided to be PG for like... Five seconds of this spot. I didn't even know what you <laughs> meant, though. I meant sex, Greg. Oh. Fake sex. Oh, what? Stephen Dorff? And no, and I'm just snipes? saying, like, I'm saying it's good. You heard it here good. first, folks. It's good. <laughs> I'm saying it's good that actors that are playing characters that are supposed to hate each other end up hating each other. That's and good because sex. the opposite happens all the time, too. Oh, where gotcha. Actors who have to pretend to love each other and make love end up leaving their. Partners and getting married. Oh, yeah, on the side. We don't like we're not went into that. Oh, speaking of yeah. making love, what about that mm. um, the vampire kiss? <laughs> what was that one? When she goes here, have a little feet on my neck to get your powers back. Oh, uh, yeah, that was quite sexual. It certainly was. It yeah, he like finished and everything. Keep going. They both did. <laughs> and she's like, they yeah, she's like, keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. She says. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, right? That was <laughs> that was probably well, it maybe it would be a line tie for most 
erotic vampire kiss after um, Brad and Tom. Yeah, the flag it's hard pole. to beat that. Yeah. Flying up the, raising the flagpole. That was a metaphor too, I think. <laughs> For a boner. Oh, I get it now. Keep going. <laughs> you get it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Actually, speaking of uh, that that kiss and the reason for that kiss and the lack of repercussions from that kiss, should we talk about the law, the vampire oh. law as represented in this film? Absolutely. It was kind of confusing, this one. I had to do some reading because I didn't totally understand it upon the watch. I had to do some follow-up studies <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. on how this works because like the pure bloods thing and the turn bloods, I was like... Maybe they explained it and I missed it. And the term pure bloods. Yeah, like so vampires can make babies in this film. Mm, yes. Yeah, that's a big one. We haven't had that before. That's true um, because they're born I don't vampires, know how that would right? work. Yeah, they're born as vampires. So a vampire and well, a vampire. Well, when two vampires love each other very much. <laughs> is, that too, is that how it goes? Like just living out regular life but as a vampire? I guess. Yeah, and apparently if you're a born. You wouldn't want to pick a fence though. If you, yeah. <laughs> it's very astute on your part. It's good thinking, Greg. You'd be yeah. all right. If you're a pure blood, <laughs> you'd, you'd be very, yeah, you'd have a bubble wrap fence. You'd be totally fine. Mm-hmm. That's how you know. And turn bloods are, you know, what we traditionally know as vampires that get bitten and they turn into vampires. Apparently pure bloods age but slowly and, and turn bloods don't age at all. Think apparently. Oh, jeez, I missed that. Yeah, I don't think it was in the movie. That might be in the comics. I don't know. I was I was deep in some fandom area of <laughs> Blade. Well, thank you for going there. <laughs> I was in over my head, Greg. Um, I'm un, I'm unclear on the daylight thing because Dorf is in the daylight in the park at one point. Yeah, I think he. Another he, point, he wears a bike helmet to cover <laughs> his face. I don't really. Yeah, yeah, understand. Well, they kill another vampire in the sun, the sunrise. I think, I think, um, I, no, I can't, I can't defend that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's, is, there, there are day walkers. They just say that there's a, in this world, there are day walker vampires, but he seems to generally avoid the light. So yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I think he just ducked out for a little bit, um, with some heavy zinc. <laughs> zinc? What happened to zinc? Oh, he's, it's still a thing. Is it? In Australia. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure. We don't have an ozone layer in Australia, so we've got to put zinc on our faces to compensate. I would have to zinc my whole head. Yeah. Let's like, <laughs> get a little there, paint roller. I'd have to zinc, yeah. Yeah. Like, I wear a hat. Vampire hat. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's pretty Legion traditional with the you get bitten and you become one. There was not so much of a ritual aspect, like you don't have to drink vampire blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, classic A to B. Familiars. This is the first time I think explicitly we've seen familiars, like humans that hang out with vampires and do their bidding. Like yes, that cop. The cop. I think they, I guess, were maybe alluded to in other ones, like um, like Tom Waits's character in Dracula, yes. but but here I they actually it, talk yeah. about it as a thing. There's, I mean, there's, it makes sense, doesn't it? It There's does make be sense. Some, some groupies that want in on the old eternal life. Yeah, I tell you what, we don't get here though is we don't get the religious undertones or overtones. Like there's no cross Domino. crucifix things, and that actually came up in the commentary as well. Uh, David Escoya said, hey, "You know, I never thought of vampires as being particularly tied to religion, so I just scrapped that part of it." Okay, which is fair enough. Deliberate. It's interesting. Deliberate. That's all we ask for. And then I guess the core of all this law is. Uh, We've got a half vampire as the main character, which mm. I don't know if this is necessarily inconsistent with other vampire movies, but we've certainly never seen it before. That It's a bill. If, if you're pregnant and get turned, your baby gets all of the powers and none of the weaknesses of the life of a vampire. How about that? Mm. Good on your mum. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's that's all the lore I captured there. I don't know about garlic and that sort of thing. I think I all think those things don't seem to pop that much, do they? <coughs> oh, yeah, garlic, garlic juice. She's paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Water garlic. Pistol. Garlic was big, um, as was silver bullets and silver steaks. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. And the blade, I assume, the sword. Well, I assume that was silver. 
He did some good yeah. chopping with that. I don't know if this counts as law or not, but I found it interesting that no one seemed to notice Blade when he's out doing stuff on the street. Like he's dressed pretty ridiculously and he's got a sword and at one point he's literally beating up a cop in the street. No one bats an eyelid. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it seemed at one point like that opening scene like it was going to be a bit of a Batman, you know, the police officers were there, oh, who did this? But no, they, they didn't. Yeah. Too much too much to try and communicate in an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. I don't, have you seen the sequels? I don't think I've seen them. I think I, I think I think I have. I can't remember them. I started uh, – sorry, no, I didn't. I intended to watch number two this week but – I thought about it too because that one's directed by Guillermo del Toro. Which yeah. Is, Interesting. Interesting to me. Mm. And then the third it's one, that's where Ryan Reynolds first got jacked and never looked back. Good oh, on him. It? Yeah. Because that happened like around the time, you know, I, I was at the life stage where that was all life was was trying to get jacked. And so mm. I found it very compelling. Yeah. You know, what's the Ryan Reynolds workout? Yeah. All that kind of shit. It's like what he did on Mondays, he did chest. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about this before, right? Those old men's health articles. It's like oh my goodness. the Brad Pitt from Fight Club workout and it's just a very generic workout and they've obviously just made it up. And then his meal routine, what was it? Quick. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. That in those yeah, days especially, they, they would never even touch on the nutrition. Mm. They're just, oh, yeah, you just do a thousand crunches and you'll be shredded. Yeah. It's not how it works, bro. Bla- blast your ab fat with these Four workouts. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Um, oh, a little little, little tangent if I may because I found this really fascinating. I'd heard stuff like this but I never really knew the details. But I alluded to this before with uh, Snipes trying to make a Black Panther movie. But there were a bunch of Marvel movies that people were trying to make early 90s, late 80s that just never happened. And it's fascinating because I think a big part of it is How the Duck being such a flop. The studios just didn't want to do Marvel. They didn't want to do comic book movies. And then parallel to that, Marvel was fucking dying in the ass, man. Like Marvel was huge, huge. Peaked in 1993, stock price of $25.75. By 1996, stock price of $2.04. And they were trying everything, man. There was all kinds of shit going on there that's too boring to go through now. But I think they got like reverse... They reverse merged with like a toy company and then they were selling off different characters to different movie studios and then Uh this guy that came from the toy company side who you'll see in credits of every Spider-Man movie and this movie and a bunch of others, Avi Arad, he was a high-flying toy executive at this toy biz company that Marvel merged with and then he was the driving force behind a lot of the Marvel movies we ended up with in those early days like this one, Mm. like Spider-Man and some others. He also... Got Fox to make the X Men movie and all that kind of shit, but there were a bunch of other ones earlier than that. I think we touched on before how Canon Films used to have the rights to Spider Man and they were going to make it in the late eighties. That fell through. Yeah. Um, there was like this weird Fantastic Four thing. Like uh, another company, another studio had the rights to Fantastic Four and it was about to expire. And so there's some kind of clause where if you make another one, the rights extend. So they made one just for the rights and it never got released. It's like a famously horrible film. I think it eventually leaked and it's bad. Ooh. James Cameron was going to make Spider-Man with DiCaprio. Did it have what? Did it have what's her name in it? Um, Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba. That's it's certainly, I mean, you would not make a film with her and not release it, i tell you what. Touche. James Cameron was going to make Spider-Man with DiCaprio. And then someone was trying to make Doctor Strange. But, yeah, so all these things that seem like they're so – now they're making fucking billion-dollar movies out of obscure Marvel characters. Now you can't make a movie unless it's got a Marvel character. Yeah, basically. The CCA will get you. That – exactly. Case in point, we've we've reached the exact inverse of all of this. Crazy. And apparently Avi Arad, this guy, said this back in that day. He's like, trust me, in in 10, 20 years – it's all it's all gonna be comic book movies, so yeah, I guess he's a bit of a visionary. Um, yeah. But it do, it does it, the the whole Marvel thing is is it, it's a lot, man. And I do wonder what this new Blade is gonna be like, because this film was R, and I googled it. It doesn't look like the Marvel 
the new official MCU version of Blade is going to be R. Interesting. Um, so I hope he's just doesn't. I hope he's not like you know just walking around making sarcastic quips and things. Mm. That'll be that'll suck. Interesting. Yeah. It's in capable hands. Yeah. From a from a talent perspective, they had one director, and I think they fired him and replaced him. So I don't know. They're making decisions. That's a good sign. Oh I yeah. Think. You got to fire a few people to people know you're serious. Yeah, it's important. It's really important. You want to make an omelette, you've got to break a few eggs. Exactly. Yeah, just as a message to the other eggs. Yeah. Yeah. We mean, we mean business. <laughs> and then you beat the eggs. Just oh, yeah. To, yeah. Add salt. Yeah. Heat the pan mm-hmm. to, on a low heat, <laughs> etc. <cetera. laughs> et cetera. Oh, Blade is meant to be British. And that's how you make a movie. What Blade's meant to be British. It's skirting around that point. Cup of tea, governor. I forgot to I mention my, in my, my memories of Blade, he did show up in the Spider-Man cartoon when I was a kid. Did you ever watch that Spider-Man cartoon? Probs. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> Greg's doing the thing with his hands. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite easy. <laughs> you got to bend only some of your fingers. Yeah, that's the secret. That's the ticket. Otherwise it doesn't come out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, should we get into the verdict? Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. All right, anything fundamentally break here? Not really. I mean, it's very 90s. It's very 98, like we were saying, but that doesn't, it's not a bad thing. It's just in a nice time capsule sort of way. Like this film is very Q, like K-E-W-L, Q. Q. It's very Q. It's very like ICQ Q. FX test. This is probably the most contentious of the bunch here. I want to give it a pass. There are definitely some flaws here, but to your point earlier, I feel like they kind of just all adds up it's to a vibe. A, yeah, it fits the I'm vibe. giving it a firm pass. Yeah, yeah. Um, representation. Bechtel test, no. But race Bechtel. One of the first times in a while, yeah. We have yeah. people Ooh. of colour who talk to each other, have names, don't just talk about white people. Beautiful. Done. Done. About fucking time. Maybe it's also the movies we're choosing. But, you know, cultural relevance. Did Simpsons do it? I couldn't find anything. I'm sure there, like there's probably Simpsons, an Easter egg somewhere. I've, but I feel like I've seen him dressed as Blade. Yeah. It seems – that's what I thought too. And I was Googling it and uh, Blade is such a generic word that it's hard to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The algorithms, they'll get you. Yeah, yeah, they'll get you, man. Porn parody, similar. I searched long and hard, Greg. Long <laughs> and hard. That's what she said. And I couldn't, oh, I found Blade Runner porn. I found. Um, oh, replicants. Uh, yeah, but I couldn't find, I couldn't find Blade porn as much as I tried. And I tried. Overall thought, I, 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 I'd give this a rewatch. How about you, Greg? Yeah, for sure. Give yeah. it a rewatch. I kind of want to watch it again. Soon, I feel I like I started watching it again today. Yeah, I kind of feel re- like I didn't. I, I wanted to let it sink in more. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. It was, um, yeah, the plot's pretty average. Not really, I didn't really care though. Yeah, I just didn't really care though. Yeah, I, I think the 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 martial arts sequence from from Snipesy was top shelf. I enjoyed that, and. I like the comic relief of Donald's character. Yeah. That was sort of my favourite bits. Yeah, he was great. He brought some life to the film, even though he's undead, I guess. <laughs> Just running <laughs> around getting chopped up was hilarious. <laughs> that was a good gag. Well done, whoever came up with that one. And his whole look was really cool. Like sometimes he had kind of braids and then he had like cuts all over his face. It was a good – he had a good wardrobe. He did. Well done, hey, makeup department. Qu- yeah. I've got a question for you without notice. Um, yeah. Would you go ahead, please, and rank our 
vampire films. Ah, good. I'm glad you asked that because I had a similar thing and I forgot to ask you. All right. Yeah. Put me on the spot. I didn't have a rank. I was thinking I was going to ask you your favorite, but rank. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to say. Oh, this is tough, actually. Part of this is because one of them I'm about to say I hadn't seen before. So that was all fresh and new. And it was a roller coaster. But my favorite, I think, is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Just because it's fucking weird. Oh. Um, like I feel like I will be rewatching that for the rest of my life frequently. Um, number two, this is where it yeah, gets Yeah, ranking. Sorry, just to get a little bit more specific, rank these in in how like how likely you are to watch them again. I guess might be the word. How likely I am to watch them again? Okay, so definitely Bram Stoker's Dracula number one. Definitely Lost Boys number two. Watch them again. Okay, if you say watch them again, then number three is Blade. I was going to say Interview with the Vampire, but I don't want to watch it again. It's a slog. But I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and is that all of them? And then the Buffy's dead last Buffy's. for sure. Yeah. 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 How about you? Yeah, Buff in reverse. Buffy won't touch that again. Yeah. Then interview. Then Bram. Then Blade. Then Lost Boys. So Lost Boys yeah. number one for me. Fair enough. It's hard to argue with that. Um, it is. They're very. They're probably equal. Like they're they're so close. The music, the sax gets it across the line. Wonderful films. And they're both like, I think I said this last week, it had all the things I liked about, like it had that same surreal fever dream vibe that Bram Stoker had as well. Yeah, it's nice. Mm. Good film, classic film. That's it, mate. Vampires, we are done with you. Or are we? Don't get too excited. We're not doing near dark. Um, but we will be reposting an old episode next week. But it's an episode that a lot of you don't seem to have listened to because you were requesting it for this very miniseries. And the reason we're doing it is because we are working on our 200th episode, which has got a bit of a heavy lift component to it. So we need mm. a bit of space. But until then, be nice to people and stuff. Oh, do we need to, do we need to announce that we're going to have ads in this pod? I guess so. We're going to have ads in this pod. But probably they could have been running in this. You might have had an ad already. Yeah, you may have. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But yes, 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 we are, we are joining a podcast network and I guess we will be getting some ads on here soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's about that. I'm sure they're all hyper-targeted and relevant to you, our listeners. It's all about creating a, 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 a podcast that is sustainable because this is a lot of work, as it turns out. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, hey, uh, leave a review <laughs> and uh, and do stuff. Be nice to each other. Yeah, take care of each other, yourselves and yeah. each other. There you go, there it is. <laughs> Bye. anything goes. Create a different voice, create a different look, different sound, different way of moving, with talking. All the stuff very different from Wesley. I think we're creating a shadow world where the bridge between what is reality and the unreal is very small. <laughs>